This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Guna Talk. Joining you for what is now the Honeymoon Series, uh, the show which I'm doing whilst <laughs> I'm away on my honeymoon. And we're pre-recording lots of content to go out for you guys whilst I am away. Now, we're actually recording this just moments after we found out that Arsenal will indeed be playing against Brentford in the Premier League. You, of course, when you watch this, will already know the actual result to that game. So, fingers <laughs> crossed we won. <laughs> if we didn't, oh goodness me, what the reaction is going to be like to that but uh, this is the tactical breakdown show in which we're doing our loan updates uh, for Arsenal's players this season now last season I was very happy to be joined as you can see on your screen by Ben from the Marseille View how are you doing Ben you good 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 um surprised to be back but not that surprised we seem to yeah. be taking all the Arsenal players <laughs> <laughs> indeed I was gonna say I was very happy to be joined by you last season because we did a show every month talking about mm. William Saliba um this time <clears throat> not only are we going to be having a chat about another Arsenal player going on loan to Marseille in the form of Nuno Tavares but of course also a couple more Arsenal players that are on loan in Liga that of course you're well across and therefore very well placed to have a chat about in the form of Nicola Pepe at Nice and following Balogun at Horns so uh yeah looking forward to seeing what they're going to be up to. We're going to start with Nuno Tavares. So on the screen, we've got uh, kind of an overall of his statistics and quite a lovely photo of the man himself as well. Three goals, Ben. What on earth is this man done? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, up, in, up until uh, Saturday night, he was our top scorer. <clears throat> fortunately, fortunately, Alexis Sanchez got his fourth of the season, so we now have a striker. Sounds like you're talking about Arsenal, even though you're not. It's so <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> as well has been tearing it up and getting dizzy. We've got four Arsenal, ex-Arsenal players starting in the lineup. It's crazy. But no, tomorrow is, you know, I mean, I watched him last year at Arsenal. You can tell the boy's got talent, and and you can tell that Arteta did try. Him and him and his team, I think, focus on him notably around the psychological aspect, didn't they? In, in the All or Nothing documentary, mm-hmm. yeah. And and we just know how the season unfolded that he got less and less game time, and he wasn't, he was, he was never sharp enough. He was always very fit, but he was just always very often to blame for many many bad decisions or, or goals at the end of the day. Um, notably, I remember the game against United at the Emirates where I think he scores, then he's at fault for the equaliser. 
and then yeah. yeah it's just all over the place so part part of that i think is the fact that when he joined arsenal he'd come from a, a, a back five system so back three at benfica and, and two wing backs and at marseille we, we play that way as well and that seems to be where he's best best suited because his athletic quality going forward is brilliant um, his his ability to take on a player, go round them, um, beat them on uh, in, in, in the sort of pace race where he gets around the man and he's able to get get on the end of it to cross the ball or take a shot. Interestingly enough, he scored two of his three goals with his right foot um, by cutting mm. inside and, and, and blasting it along the ground. So, yeah, he seems to have found his feet very early for Marseille, and um, you know we're all delighted. We've got Cruz down the other side as well, so that they're, they're the two best wing backs we've had in in quite a while. Um, I'm very excited to to see how they last. And I think Tavares didn't start on um, on Saturday against Lille. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> and we, uh, we we were having a lot of trouble down that left wing. And then as soon as Tavares came on, um, we, we we blocked them down that wing, and they were they were toothless. So. Mm. He's had a really good start. Yeah, let's. I'm going to run through the stats quickly just so people can kind of familiarise themselves. I should say these stats are taken as of the 12th of September. Of course, there might be one or two games after uh, we record this show in both Europe and uh, any fixtures that go ahead, of course, next weekend for Marseille. And we'll cover all of those when we do our next updates uh, in October. Uh, but yeah, as I said, three goals so far this season. Uh, he's created three shot-creating actions per 90. So he's creating three opportunities for chances per game, which is great. Um, 2.5 successful dribbles per 90 and 81.8% pass accuracy. He's averaging three crosses per game, um, 2.83 tackles per game, 14.3 pressures per match, two blocks, uh, 2.17 clearances and 1.17 interceptions. Now, the big part of his game defensively, as we talked about, was was kind of lacking at Arsenal. And it's interesting you talk about the last game that he played that he came on for Kolasinac on the left-hand side and it shut down that kind of Marseille's left and the opposition's right-hand side. Is he improving then that defensive side of his game and is there still areas that need to improve? I think, um, so he replaced Leonardo Ballardi, who, who the, the ref was having a mare on, on um, Saturday against Lille, and he, he bugged it very early. So Trudeau took off Ballardi, put Tavares on to go to move out to left wing back and moved Kolasinac back to left centre back. And that's that's been the pairing for, for most of this season so far for Marseille. And, and they seem to be getting on very well in terms of um, whenever Kolasinac steps up to commit a challenge, Nuno knows to slot back in. When Nuno obviously goes up to, to bring something attacking-wise, Kolasinac knows where to cover. So uh, they, they seem to have developed that sort of um, that sort of understanding on the left side. I don't know if that's going to be the, the left side of the defence for the whole season, especially mm. for Kolasinac, because he's had he's been on very good form recently, but will he be able to maintain that? That's always been a question. We'll see. Um, but he, yeah, he seems to... Um, he doesn't get caught um, in one-on-ones as much, but he's still vulnerable, obviously, because he's, play, he's being asked to play quite quite high and bring a lot offensively. He's still vulnerable to someone making a run in his back. Um, against Nice, notably, before uh, he scored the second goal for us, because we were 1-0 up and then we went 2-0 up, um, Nice and actually Pepe was causing him a little bit of trouble on the right side going mm. up against him. And um, and he he adjusted, didn't commit as much, um, learned to stand off his man instead of just committing too early, and he he had a solid game. So 
like to think he's improving that aspect. But again, with a back three, that's not going to be his main the, the main demand from him. It's not going to be to, to defend as much. It's going to be bring as much as you can attacking-wise. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because, of course, it's not a system that Arsenal play. Uh, and despite the mm. fact that Saliba was quite easily transmissible into that back four because it's a centre-back and it's, you know, very... You, you can much easier transition from the right side of a back three into the right side of a back two. Indeed. It's much easier transition than a wing-back is to a, a traditional left-back. So when it came out, and this kind of the last topic around Tavares before we move on to Balogun, but he came out with some interesting comments recently that he was disappointed that an option was not able to be inserted mm. into his contract with Marseille. It's very clear that he's kind of open for Marseille being his future, and I think he's kind of potentially even given up the hope of his Arsenal future taking off after, of course, the arrival of Alexander Zinchenko. So do you see that at this moment in time, and of course, when we spoke about Saliba at this point last season, things are very, very different to what they do now. Um, but it does seem as though that he's kind of looking at either Marseille or an exit away from Arsenal come the end of this season as his most likely future. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it's you, you would think if you're going on loan somewhere and it goes well, and and you know, you would you would maybe think as a player and as, as an agent that if you enjoy where you go to go on loan. At the very least, your, your parent club can do is, even if it's an expensive option to buy, include an option so that you, you, you have some hope of staying there. You know, you don't you don't want to be like a Chelsea player where you get shipped out all over Europe to a different yeah. team for the first five years of your career at the club. Um, so maybe, maybe that's part of it. I don't think it's necessarily a dig as, at Arsenal as much as it is a... You know, would have been would have been nice to mm. seen as it is going well. Would have been nice to know if there is a possibility of me staying here now. Arsenal only bought him for seven million. I guess from Arsenal's point of view, and you know, following Arsenal here, it, the way I'd look at it is, if Arteta clearly made a, made the call that Tierney is going to be the backup to Zinchenko, Tavares and I, so got him out on loan. No option to buy is either because we tried to negotiate too hard for a cheap one. I mean, Arsenal bought him for what seven million quid. Yeah. Um, so we probably likelihood is if we tried to negotiate, would have been for a cheap one as possible. Or Arteta's probably thinking if Tierney is as injured as he is has been since I've been the manager here, then Tavares, if he has a good season, can come back and we'll give him a chance at number two or number one in in competition with Zinchenko. We ship Tierney out next year. So maybe that's part of the thinking too. Potentially. We'll have to wait and see what intends, mm. uh, what, what does end up happening for Tavares. But he's had a great start. I mean, he's on for a, a, a quite a goal-scoring season if he continues this kind of form. Uh, we'll have to wait and see in October if he indeed manages to do that. Uh, let's he had, move he had a good game. Go on. Sorry, just he had a good game against Spurs as well. I mean, we, we were at the stadium um, yeah. tickets for, for a lot of the lads, but uh, no, he did have a good game against Spurs. I thought he was very good on, on Wednesday night. Yeah, I'm hoping that you can pull a result against them uh, <laughs> at the stadium in, in France in a couple of weeks. Um, let's talk about following Balogun, who has been sensational. Um, mm. For I'm very happy he's gone where he's gone because it's given me my opportunity to, uh, you know, practice pronouncing horns as best I can. And I, <laughs> the amount of times I've gone rems and reams and no, everyone who's watching the show from France has got no time. It's horns. So yes, I'm trying my best to, to practice. I mean, even then, I don't think I'm getting it spot on. But uh, Not too far. Not too not far. Too far. I, I'm, I'm waiting for you. So uh, tell me, <laughs> five goals, two assists, a great start. Well, interestingly enough, so he moved on loan there a couple of days before the first game of the season. Uh, well, yeah, the first sorry, game of the season. Where did he go to, Ben? ben to Haas. 
Reims. Okay, Reims. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> there we go. No, he went. So he moved, he moved there. Um, the first game of the season, we Marseille played Reims at home, and we smashed them four one. And he got he got the goal actually for for mm, Reims. So, yeah. um, but he had a good game. I thought they, they, the the few chances they did create away to us in the first game, he was he was on the end of of everyone every one of them really every cross. You could tell that basically they're building their attack around him, and they were building basing their system around him. And and after that, he's, got, he's just got on the streak, and he's scored against some decent teams as well. Um, he's getting a lot of plaudits in French press, um, saying, you know, well, this kid can't, you know, you'd almost struggle to believe he's he's not had much um, first team action um, just because of how sharp he looks and how how adapted he looks to mm. to the system in Haas. So credit to him, credit to the coach there. They seem to have really integrate integrate them very quickly. But um, yeah, he's. I think that there was an article last week um, where they were saying the, the opposition manager was saying we've. we've Try to come up with a plan to stop him. Um, so that's that's how much of an impact he's already yeah. having, right? Absolutely, yeah. Five goals, two assists this season. He won the Young Player of the Month award for Liga uh, in, in August, which was fantastic to see. Uh, he's still being as creative as he can. One point six three shot creating actions per ninety, attempting the same amount of dribbles. Ironically, one point six three again. Um, and then if we look at the passes percentage, seventy five point six, which is probably what you'd expect from a striker that is being more creative in the final third and, and not always reaching the target. Not particularly high on crossing, but he is a striker. Tackles aren't particularly high either. Not point one four one per ninety. But he is being pressing, you know, 12 pressures per night. He's just two less than what Tavares is doing in that wing-back role for Marseille this season. Uh, blocks and clearances and interceptions, though, as you would expect for a striker, are quite low. But, you know, he's he's it's the goals and the assists. It's just being the focal point. I have to ask, like, obviously, Arsenal fans are going to be looking at him and they're going to be looking at Eddie and Ketia this season. Mm. They're going to be the two. And that's who he's in competition with when he returns at the end of this season. Other people are going to be saying, well, if we get a really good season from him, Arsenal should be looking to try and cash in for as much as possible for a striker that potentially won't get near the starting eleven because Gabriel Jesus has got that spot nailed down for, you know, the the existential future. So where do you kind of see his season potentially going? And do you think that he's got that potential to to be kind of that 20, 30 million pound man if he comes back as a homegrown player in the Premier League next year? Um, I mean, if you if, if it depends what he wants to do, right? Um, and it depends who comes knocking for him. I mean, if if a, a Leicester City or someone comes knocking for him, then yeah, you'd charge him 12, 20, 30 million. Um, it depends how many Premier League clubs are going to be paying attention to him. I guess it also depends what happens at Arsenal because you know, if Enketia confirms his good form from the end of last season that earned him a new deal, then yeah, you'd struggle to see a place for, for, for Balogun, but. Um, it's always a shame, isn't it, when it's an academy mm. product? You, you sort of you want them to do well in the first team, etc. It's just it's just sod's law that Arsenal are actually quite stacked in, in centre forward for a change, and, and have two really talented strikers that could both start and both easily get twenty goals in the Prem. Um, so I I think it's. <laughs> It's a hard one because you'd always have it's different as well from from like Saliba um, and Tavares who who are playing you know sort of European Cup and Champions League etc. He's he's playing um, as the main attacking threat for 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 a team that's basically going to be fighting to to stave off relegation. So mm. of course he's going to be the main man. Of course the system is going to be built around him and he's going to get a lot of the um, a lot of the plaudits because he's he's pulling the goals. 
um, quite, you know, not only getting on the end of crosses, but he scored a couple of, uh, of really nice shots from the edge of the area as well. So it's it, it's always different. The pressure of being the main man in, in a relegation threatened team where you're on loan and where the system is built for you and then coming back to a Premier League team where you're just one of many because you've not proven anything yet. Mm. I think it's too early to tell. Let's let's give him time. Um, but if he continues this form and, and gets to 15, 15 odd goals in the league and carries on this form, then you've you've got to ask the question really. If you're if you're Arteta, you've got to go. What do we do with this kid? Do we give yeah. him a shot? Yeah. Well, I mean, Arteta was the one that convinced him to sign that new deal. I think he was on something like around forty thousand pounds per week as well. He's not, you know, he's yeah. on a decent. It's not cheap. Yeah. Exactly, and he's already gone on loan. This is his second loan since that new deal. So he has, comes back with three years left on his deal. He has a long time for Arsenal to make a decision. The ball is in their court, and hopefully he comes back, which, as you say, if he can get something like 15 goals, which, I mean, if you've scored five in your first month and a bit, it looks pretty good at this stage. So hopefully that continues. Let's move on to our final Liga uh, discussion topic, and that's Nicolas Pepe, who looks enthusiastic about his move to Nice there. Um, <laughs> Scored a goal. It was a penalty, unsurprisingly. Um, other than that, hasn't been able to register too much else. Uh, he's been pretty creative, though. 3.21 shot creation actions per 90. Dribbling-wise, not great. Only 0.71 successful dribbles per 90. So he's actually not been able to complete one dribble per game, which is a bit of a letdown, really. 74.7% pass accuracy in the four games he's played so far. 1.58 crosses per game. Is doing his job defensively, though. That's it. 1.79 tackles per 90. 16.4 pressures per 90, but low in terms of blocks, clearances and interceptions. Firstly, let me get your thoughts on what you made of the decision to loan him to Nice, if that was a good place you felt for him to go and ultimately what you think he's done since. I mean, on, on paper, I was almost hoping at the beginning of the summer that Marseille would go in for him, a, a sort of bigger team, if you get what I mean, the Monaco yeah. or someone, someone who's playing European Cup. But um, it, there was a big story just before he joined Nice um, in, in L'Equipe in France around the fact that, you know, the main, one of the reasons that he, he may have fallen out in favour of Arsenal is his lack of work ethic and his lack of, uh, his lack of investment and his lack of um, sort of seriousness in training. No idea if that's true, um, but certainly after his first game, he, the first game he played was, you know, lo and behold, against Marseille at home. Mm. We smashed them 3-0. Um, and he, he was one of the poorest performers, but it was, you know, he arrived two days prior. Uh, but his coach, Lucien Favre, did come out after the game and, and criticise him specifically for his lack of defensive effort in that game, saying that, he could, you know, he could have helped out the right-back, Ivan Atal, because... Tavares and um, and Sanchez were tearing them to, tearing him to pieces, and Pepe was not even tracking back. So mm. after that, he's 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 featured regularly. I think he started almost every game since then. That was that was what three three weeks ago we played them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah, I think it, you know Nice Nice have started a bit roughly. Um, they were a team last year that tra- that challenged all all the way through to to about you know, game day 34, 35 for, for the top three in, in Liga for Champions League position. And then they faded away. Um, they, I mean, they've been fading the whole second half of the season, but everybody expected them to come back this year with, you know, keep keep most of the team together yeah. and add a few quality additions and, and again, being challenging for that position. They've had a really, really poor start to, um, to the league so far. Um, so it's... I think I understand why Arsenal would, would loan him out to a club based on... on 
assuming those would be the ambitions of Nice this year and challenging again for the top positions in, in the French League and try and qualify for Champions League. But they're um, they're playing in the Conference League, so he will he will play some European football. But the way they've started in Liga, unless they really really pick up form. Because uh, there's already actually rumours of their manager potentially getting sacked in a couple yeah. of weeks or something. So yeah. it's it's sort of probably not what Arsenal had in mind when they sent him on loan there in terms of the the standard of football he'd be playing and uh, specifically the contribution he's expected to make. And it, it's a bit of a mutual thing from Nice. I mean, so far they're like, is this really the guy that Lille sold for for seventy million to Arsenal? I mean, because yeah. he, he was he was just phenomenal that year in Ligue 1 before he went to Arsenal. So. Yeah, Nice, nice fans and, and certainly a lot of the, the French press were, were probably expecting him to come come in and be the Pepe that they remembered from back then. But he he struggled a bit so far. Yeah, he has struggled. I watched the game against Ajaccio, um, who I've also butchered the pronunciation of, um, yesterday. <laughs> and I tweeted saying that Ross Barkley came on and did more in a minute than Pepe he had did. done in the entire game. You know, he came on, hit the post immediately, created a key pass and a chance that I... Th- Potentially, it was Delore, I think, up front that should have scored from, um, uh, or Laborde, is it? Who's up front for them as well at the moment? So uh, Laborde, uh, yeah, both of them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, you, as you said, a seventy-two million pound player. Uh, who we, just we know now that Arsenal certainly are overpaid significantly for mm. because they saw a player have a brilliant season at Lille in a system that was completely different to the one that they played, hoped it would work, and it hasn't. And he will go back to Arsenal into that dry loan because there's no option included in this. And Arsenal will need to try and work out what they're going to do because he'll be on £140,000 per week still. I think he's taken a pay cut to go to Nice. I think he's gone down to 75% of his wages. Arsenal paying 25% and Nice are playing the other 50%. But 25% of it has been written off basically at this point. So it's what happens with him who knows but he needs to have a better season than he's already having thus far and things need to change a lot yeah, well he needs to i think he needs to work harder i mean from you know i saw him 90 minutes against Thursday and I've, i saw him 45 minutes i think it was um against monaco last sunday and it, it's a bit of the same you know you, you can see there's something there that's what's frustrating isn't it yeah. you can see there's there's a player there you can see he's got the technique um but yeah, the question was always, was it his fitness or is it the fact that because he's not playing regularly enough, he's not sharp? So that was always my doubt when he was at Arsenal was, you know, he had a couple of, I can remember four or five probably good games he had throughout the time at Arsenal where I thought, right, you know, if he kicks on from here and mm. carries on playing the way he's playing tonight, then he'll, you know, he'll come good. But for whatever reason, it's just never worked. And it's that inconsistency that, that could cost him having a career at the very top level versus you know, playing for, for a club like Nice or a club like Leicester or a club like West Ham. Absolutely. Um, ben, thank you so much for your time. Uh, really appreciate uh, breaking down some fantastic <laughs> players in Liga, of course, Arsenal for and through, uh, Tavares and Pepe and Balogun. Um, the show's not over, people, so don't go anywhere. But Ben, thank you so much uh, for tuning in and, uh, and we'll see you again next month to break down these three once again. Sounds good. Enjoy your honeymoon and take care, everyone. Will do, absolutely. Uh, make sure you check out Ben at the Marseille View. You'll be able to find him there producing plenty of content. But thanks, Ben. Appreciate your time. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Lovely stuff. Um, as I said, that's part one. Part two of this uh, breakdown of the loans is to look more in-house and within England. Uh, and we kick off by looking at Charlie Patino. To do that, I'm very, very happy to have some insight from Dylan McGill, a Blackpool fan who has been producing some content on his own YouTube channel around Charlie Patino. So without further ado, let's hear all about what has happened since his move to Blackpool. Hi, guys. My name is Dylan. Uh, I'm a Blackpool football club supporter. Um, and I'll be providing you some hopefully quite regular updates of Charlie Patino. Um, just uh, some quick points really on, on what he's been like since he's come to us here as a, a newly adopted seasider. Um, his strengths, I mean, you know, his dribbling, his passing, and I think really is just his football IQ really, for especially for his age, is, is far higher than, than anything we've seen in, in recent years, certainly. Um, you know, currently, he's, I think he's had a, a little bit of kind of learning to do, um, certainly in terms of physicality. And, you know, there's a lot of experienced pros in the championship who have been there, seen it, done it. Um, I think that's maybe caught him by surprise as he stepped up from, you know, youth level into, you know, men's football, really, into and a good good standard as well. So I think that's the biggest thing that he will notice is is the physicality aspect. And it's something he'll have to get used to. Um, but we've certainly been really pleased with how he provided us with, you know, a little bit of a platform in centre midfield of someone that can get on the ball, can hold it, um, you know, can certainly beat men, and it just adds an adds an extra element to our midfield in, in something that we haven't got. Um, so he's certainly very different for us, a very exciting prospect. Um, like I say, just the way he can drop a shoulder, he can find that killer pass is certainly exciting to watch. I, I do have to say. On following on from my physicality point of view, I think that's something he will probably struggle with for the next kind of few, certainly few weeks, or if not shortly months. Um, he he is already out with an injury, which um, if anyone's seen it, it was at QPR, um, where he rolled his corner, uh, rolled his ankle, sorry, in the corner. Um, so it wasn't the wasn't the nicest of injuries. He is due back um, shortly. I believe he's back in training already. Um, but yeah, it's something that. Certainly, we need to keep an eye on is is that development and not pushing him too much and making sure he's our star man straight away. I think you've just we've just got to kind of look after him, make sure he gets the the right minutes, plays well, and as Seth, I think he'll certainly do well for us, and I think we'll do well for him as well. So, um, nice speaking to you all. Speak to you soon. A massive thank you to Dylan uh, for providing the insight on that. You can find Dylan on Twitter at McGill Dylan uh, and his YouTube channel on YouTube is Dylan McGill. Uh, go check out some of the compilations he's made already of uh, Charlie Patino, but you'll be able to catch more of Dylan's insight on the channel on Patino throughout the course of this season. But let's take a statistical look at how he's done. As mentioned, he's only played a handful of games, of course, prior to that injury. He only made his first start in the game he got injured and two substitute appearances prior 
prior to that. So it is difficult to kind of look at these statistics with any kind of real genuine assessments. Um, hasn't scored or got an assist so far. Created 0.55 shot creative actions um, and shot assists during the games. Is good, still on the ball and showing that in these games. 3.24 dribbles that are successful per 90. 88.1% pass accuracy. Very good. 1.64 crosses for a central midfielder is, is interestingly quite good as well. In terms of the defensive duels per 96.55, so he is working in that with that defensive area. We don't have his pressures or block statistics, unfortunately. Uh, FB ref doesn't provide that for the championship, but uh, Weisskill doesn't either. But we do have is the clearances, which he hasn't made any so far, but he has made 4.36 interceptions per 90 thus far as well. Uh, I actually spoke to someone very close to Charlie Patino today. So as of the 12th of the 9th, 22, he is indeed close to returning to action. By the time this goes out, he could have even played in one of the next two games for Blackpool. He plays against Norton Cuthy's Rotherham, who we'll talk about in just a second, in midweek. And he plays against uh, Millwall at the weekend. So potentially you could have even seen him play and we'll bring you updates from how he gets on in those games and more in next month's updates. But let's move on to our final in-depth look at one of Arsenal's loanies, which is indeed Brooke Norton Cuffey. Very happy to have the insight from the boys over at the New York Talk, the Rotherham United podcast. So without further ado, let's hear from them about what they've got to say regarding Brooke Norton Cuffey. Brooke Norton Cuffey is a player that Rotherham fans have already fallen in love with, uh, to be honest with you. We've played less than a handful of games, but he's already uh, thrilling to watch, very exciting. Um when he came in, we, we, with a young eighteen-year-old kid, we don't, we don't, you don't, almost don't know what to expect from him. Um, we knew he was quick. That was really about all we knew about from him, um, and he's shown that. First game he came in, it was a cup game, and it was the only real bright spark from the game. We lost to Morecambe, and really was the only bright spark in that in that game. Um, but he's then played every single league game. I think. He's played ever since that. It's about. From an attacking point of view, he is very, very brave. Happy to go and try and take a man on. And like I say, his, his pace is frightening at times. He's one of those players that doesn't look like he's very quick and then you, he sort of gets running and he just ghosts past people. Um, he's very skillful as well when he's trying to take the, the opposition defender on. He's very good at doing that. He's very clever with his movements. Um, he makes it look so easy. He makes it look so, so easy. Uh, he looks like he's a step ahead of most of the players on the pitch. Showed his versatility as well, briefly played on the left-hand side, a left wing-back position, group we play wing-backs, and was just as good. It was only brief periods of the games, but it was just as good and still looked as threatening going forward as he, as he did on the right-hand side. So he's got that versatility to his game, which is really, really exciting. Um, defensively, very, very impressive. That You expect with sort of young, young players coming in that they don't like to do the, the dirty side of the game, the defensive side of the game. But he's very, very good at it. You know, when he goes in for a challenge that sort of looks like a 50-50 challenge, he comes out with it and what feels like more times than not. He wins those defensive duels um, when he doesn't look like he's about to and he doesn't look like he's going to. Um, he's, he's happy to do all the stuff, the dirty work, the, the pleasant stuff. is what we wanted in a wing-back. You know, in, in wing-backs, you've, you've got to do so much work. There's so much up and down work, up, so much, so much stuff to do. And pace is something we sort of lacked in this league going forward. And he's got, we've got a kid on the left-hand side, Corin Bramwell, who's, who's lightning quick as well. It's really helped us sort of get out from the positions we're in. If you're in a defensive position, you can go go and take the ball, go and run with it. Um, it's really, really helped us from attacking sense as well as being defensively solid as well. Um, it's obviously not the finished article. I think his decision-making on the ball at times can be questioned. Maybe he's too brave at, time, at times. 
He's lost the ball once or twice. Um, not cost us, you know, he's not cost us a goal or anything. It's, it's, it hasn't been in dangerous areas, but he has lost the ball um, in areas where he could have done better. Um, crossing as well. He's, he's found himself in some really, really, really good positions on the right-hand side with, with good cross opportunities, but his crossing has let him down so far quite badly, to be honest. That's, 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 that's the only real criticism from from my point of view. Um, every cross he's put in so far has been well below where it should be, which is a shame because he gets in those really good positions. So you'd expect him, you know, he, he just has to do the easy bit and put the ball into the box. And he's really, really struggled with that. Um, but that's it's almost an easy thing to, you know, he's got the hard bits, he's got the pace, he's got the decision, he's got the, sorry, the uh, the, the braveness to get past a man. I think the crossing will come. Um, he's only short time into his spell with us. That's certainly somewhere we I expect him to improve upon in the next month or so. Um, but yeah, a lot of EFL clubs are the same, don't fall in love with a lone player. It's early days, but I think a lot of Rodman fans are falling in love with Norton Cuffey at the minute. He is uh, early days, but he looks a special player. It looks like he could, he could go all the way to the top. Um, I hope he does. A massive thank you. Uh, and of course, if you want to go and check out the guys from the New York Talk, you can by going over to Twitter at RUFC underscore pod. Um, Brooke Norton Cuffey, hearing that the, uh, the Rotherham fans are falling in love with him is great. Also, you didn't, your ears did not deceive you. Cohen Brammel is indeed the left wing back of Rotherham, and he was the left wing back of Lincoln when Norton Cuffey was on loan at Lincoln last season. Somehow, Rotherham have just thought, oh, they have some quite good wing backs. We're going to take them, and they've done that. So uh, they're benefiting from having both of them in their team this season. But yeah, it's a mixed bag for Norton Cuffey. He is exciting. He is clearly uh, a player that could go right to the top, but there are things in his game that need refining. Uh, hasn't created too many chances uh, for goals, 0.25 per game. Dribbles have been really good, 3.97 successful dribbles per match, but that 62 pass accuracy needs to improve. 4.71 crosses, great. However, what I can tell you is 0% of those 4.71 crosses per game have not reached the target. 0% of them have reached the target, meaning that none of them have. I hope that made sense. Um, but yeah, none of those crosses have managed to meet a Rotherham head. It is an area of his game that he is going to have to improve. Defensively, though, looked good. 8.18 defensive duels per 90 and 0.5 clearances and 3.22 interceptions per 90. Norton Cuffey is a player that if Arsenal want a different style of fullback in the future, he is that. They don't need to go out and spend money to replace Cedric. They've got Tommy Asu, they've got White. Norton Cuffey has the potential to be that different option for Arsenal in seasons to come. And I would be reluctant to spend big on a potential new right back because I think this kid is special. And I look forward to bringing you more updates on him throughout the course of the season as we will endeavour to do every month. Um, let's move on to the final part of our loan roundup, which is to tell you about the rest of the players that Arsenal indeed do have on loan. And it's a lot. Imagine if I did that in depth on all of the players. It might be some months we're able to look into others more than, than the five that we're going to focus on mainly throughout the course of the season, especially Austin Trusty, who I'll come on to in a second, who's having a great time. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has made one substitute appearance for Southampton so far, 70 minutes, no kind of impact thus far. Runison has been playing for our Anya Sport in Turkey, four appearances, five goals conceded in the 360 minutes he's played across all those four. He is their starting goalkeeper now. Pablo Marie playing for Monza in Italy. Really interesting to see how he's been getting on as well. Uh, three, uh, three assists, three appearances, five goals conceded, no 
clean sheets thus far. 270 minutes, though, have been played. Okonkwo has played eight times with 12 goals conceded and three clean sheets kept with crew. Uh, Mika Bireth is on loan in the Eredivisie with Valvik. He hasn't actually made an appearance thus yet because he's been injured, although he was on the bench for their game against PSV. Uh, which means he is very close to a return. Of course, these statistics, I should keep you in mind, are as of the 12th of September 22. They may be that these have changed before this video does go out because this is being pre-recorded for you guys whilst I'm away on my honeymoon. Uh, Marcelo Flores has made four appearances thus far for Real Oviedo, making 193 minutes in those. Hasn't had a contribution yet, but certainly an exciting player. Miguel Aziz made his debut for uh, Ibiza at the weekend, coming on as a substitute. Nikolai Moller has made two appearances uh, for Dem Bosch, uh, who of course he joined on loan last season, has returned to this season in the second tier of the uh, the Netherlands leagues. Uh, he had a really good preseason, but got injured and has not really been able to make an impact thus far. Uh, Tyrese John Jules, uh, nine appearances and one goal thus far this season. Four hundred twenty six minutes played. If you can find his goal, I. Can, I absolutely implore you to go and find it. It's quite the goal. Uh, Austin Trusty, of course, on loan with Birmingham. Nine, uh, nine appearances so far, two clean sheets. And the Birmingham fans have been raving about this guy. Um, of course, joined Arsenal in January, went back on loan to the Colorado Rapids and has returned uh, to then go on loan in the Championship. He is that left-sided centre-back that maybe Arsenal see as a potential future cover and competition for Gabriel. We'll have to see how indeed he gets on, but it's good signs so far in the championship. Salah Adin, Uladam Hand, has joined Hull City on loan with an option to buy. He's so far made one appearance coming off the bench for just a 22-minute cameo. Tim Makinola has also gone out on loan as well, only making that one appearance off the bench, 25 minutes played. Harry Clark was recalled from his loan spell from Hibs and was sent instead on loan to Stoke, where he has there played uh, three games, got one goal and and, of course, got a clean sheet as well. He's a highly rated defender. I don't think he's necessarily got a future at Arsenal, but potentially could make Arsenal a, an OK figure uh, in the summer. Uh, Omar Rekic, though, is having a difficult time at Sparta Rotterdam. Has only made one substitute appearance for the Netherlands side. And actually, he was expected to play a hell of a lot more than he is. He could get recalled at this rate in January. It is expected that there is a recall clause in that contract, just like there is, I found out today, in Charlie Patino's contract. Um, he could end up being recalled at this rate. Disappointing, uh, the lack of minutes he's played for Sparta Rotterdam so far. Uh, Kirk, who's on loan in Scotland with Air, he's got six appearances, no clean sheets um, so far in 450 minutes of action. Alabiosu has also gone to Scotland as well. Eight appearances, one clean sheet in 628 minutes. I imagine he'll be one of those players that eventually does move on for a permanent deal potentially in the summer. Uh, Mazida Gungbo is on loan as well. Eight Games, three clean sheets, 600 minutes played, looking good for him. Ezra Harry is playing down in the National League thus far. Four appearances, two clean sheets in 360 minutes. As is Tom Smith, who's on loan at Bromley, hasn't made an appearance for Bromley so far. And that is all of the loan news that we have. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this loan update. As I say, uh, apologies that it's going to be slightly out of date when you get this, but I did want to make sure there was enough content going out whilst I am away on my honeymoon. Uh, plenty more content to, of course, come throughout the series. I return from my honeymoon on the 29th. Potentially, there'll be content on that day for you. And as of today, I've just found out that the Brentford game is indeed going ahead. So if you do hear any inconsistencies about me saying like, 
the game is going ahead, it's not going ahead, etc., etc., etc. Apologies, but you understand the difficulties of doing these shows ahead of time. I hope you've enjoyed it. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel to get regular updates over the course of this season in much more timely fashion for our loan players. But it's a pleasure doing these shows. I really enjoy them, and I hope you've enjoyed watching it. See you soon. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.